Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back once again. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. So get your horns up because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas podcast. I'm Joshua Fish, along with Alexander Disopolis, Nicholas Snackscrider, and the Quan Cosby. Quan, good to have you back, man. We know you're on vacay in Florida. <laughs> we were holding down the fort for you, talking a little hoops. How was vacation, dude? Was it nice? You know, it was vacation, so has a little bit of work. You okay. know, uh, we were there for three days and golfed a little bit. It was pretty great, honestly. I actually, speaking of, you know, the games we saw this weekend, I was in Tampa. I started in Naples, and then we went up to Tampa to uh, – play a really cool course there called Old Memorial. So I was standing right outside the stadium, uh, let me see, during the week, and then the big game happened this weekend. So no complaints. I came back to Texas, and it was 30 miles power winds and 40-degree weather. And I left Florida, and it was 75 and 2 miles power winds. So Jeez. it was rough. It rough coming back. But, uh, no, great trip, man. Appreciate y'all you. holding it down as well. Yeah, always, man. I, I, I picked my parents up from the airport at LAX, uh on sunday and my dad in his usc gear which is like what a fair weather fans like everywhere he go we go to arizona he's rocking the arizona we go to texas rocking texas gear it's just like you know whatever flo- he- yeah whatever floats is exactly whatever floats his boat he was complaining because my sister had told him it was cold and he gets off in a sweatshirt and he's like carrying my mom my other sister's suitcases and he's like sweating bullets because he's got like this huge usc hoodie on and he's like, it's like 70 degrees out in Los Angeles. And it's gorgeous. <laughs> we go to the beach in January. It's ridiculous. Um, isn't, that, isn't that one of the good things about, well, hopefully, I don't know, looking forward to becoming a dad so that hopefully my kids end up going to college and I get to pick and choose multiple teams. Along, with, along with Texas, who else I want to root for. And then I can kind of just <laughs> rotate, right? Whoever is winning is, is who I like the most. Well, his kids picked uh, a bad stretch of teams uh, in recent years. Yeah. my he, Yeah. His kids suck for sure. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, do I want to root for the other ones? Uh, We're going, you know what though? Arizona basketball, who I, on my other, on our other podcast, our sister pod, the charity stripe, I, for years have always said, Sean Miller is the one of the worst ex great recruiter. One of the worst X and over coaches in, or overrated, you know, in college basketball, he's gone. Arizona's got a new head coach this year and they're number three in the nation. They're killing it. We're going to the game tomorrow. They're playing uh, or tonight. We're releasing tomorrow. So it's, it's Tuesday. Uh, we're going to the game against UCLA. Uh, like they're letting fans back in. So we're going to go see them play. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, USC, hopefully we'll be a bit better. And obviously I got off the phone today with some guy with a guy who's a Mississippi State fan, covers Mississippi State. I was talking to him and he was, you know, talking about, oh, how Texas is going to win baseball, which is great to hear from the Mississippi State fan, you know, trying to give us like the little pat on the back. I mean, they're awesome, but like <laughs> so they took us out last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Y'all Omaha. get it. It's like y'all get it next time. He's like, he's saying we were the best team in Omaha he had last year. Um, and you, you know, we were kind of discussing that, I mean, this basketball team has so much talent and Quan, you're at the game against OK state and we squeaked it by, it just seems there's certain times in the game where 
were unbelievable, have the best five on the court. And there's other times in the game where we go stretches of not just one or two minutes or five or six, seven minutes. We just can't. Oh, we went a 10 minute stretch last game of no scoring. And then we, we scored a little bit. And then with even the last, I think six and a half minutes, true basket. We only scored one. Now the good thing is this, we were driving and at least the reason we were able to, to, to keep, get the win is we were driving, they got in foul trouble and we hit our free throws, which is awesome. Like we were really, really high, uh, free throw percentage, uh, but it's really hard for me to understand a 10 minute drought when you start off the game 13 and 0. So it, I think you said it best. That was, it's like one, sure. They're still super new. There's going to be some development. You can see that, that kind of piece of it Two, Listen, I don't, I'm, I'm not been to a practice, but everyone says they're afraid to make a mistake because once you make a mistake, you get yanked. And so they're being so freaking careful, careful and not necessarily playing loose all the time, but we have some, we have some players, man, that they, they, uh, once they put, put it together, it's going to be pretty sweet. Now, the other thing, we're the freaking big 12, you know, big 12, arguably the best freaking basketball conference, uh, right now. Well. So it's crazy. that makes it a little bit tough, but I feel like if we can put it together, like we do when we have those runs, just a bit more, com- you know, consistent, there'll be a hell of a team. We just have it. I mean, that, yeah. that's just no, no way around it. We just have not done it consistently. I want to I want to push back a little bit on what you said about us being able to score in the last 10 minutes of the game, because in the game against Kansas State, where we lost by one point, it would have behooved us to have gone to the free throw line in the last five minutes of the game. So yeah. I think we've learned from our loss. And yes, the ball wasn't going into the basket, but you have to figure out other ways to put points on the board. So I think you, you got to give a little bit of credit to Beard and what he's telling these guys and inspiring them to do. It, it, that's how it's always going to go, or at least for majority of games in college basketball, the defense is going to be a little, they might, they might, they might start off the game engaged and defending, but guys are also, they're fresh. They've got their fresh legs. They're ready to attack the basket. They're hyped up from the game. They're not tired. The shots are going to fall. The legs are there. So I think that, that's how a lot of games start off in college basketball. And it always gets tough at the end of the game to score a bucket. So you got to be able to grid out wins. That's what this was. I, yeah. But but to your point, Josh, that you made earlier about the talent, we should be beating these teams by more, right? Oh, yeah. At home too. Well, and, and, and I think it's not so much. And I, I agree. I mean, two things. I, I was talking to the, the group I was with and. I said, man, we, it's so weird, you know, sure. We have some decent, you know, different players, but I mean, I, I think we're like freaking 95% from free throw line. So I was like, that is awesome. That's how you win games. What is a problem is the fact that I think we had six to seven um, clock run out, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's weird to me. Shoot the freaking ball or, or we're, we're throwing it up at the last second. To me, that's when you're in your head, and I think that that can cost you in March versus, you know, the, it, but it, when you do, you go and you drive and you get the free throw line and you make them. But it was uh, shot clock violations. Was, it was weirdly to the point that I'm talking about it after going to that game. I was like, they had that many. And yeah. I counted at least five. And, and, yeah. and that was so I, it was six, seven, something like that. So that's where I'm like, eh, shoot the ball. You can't score. You don't score. You're not going to win. Well, Here's, yeah, our free throw percentage was good. Last thing I'll say, free throw percentage was good. We were we were 88%. Our three-point percentage was bad. We were 27%. We were six for 21. So there you go. That 
you know, want to know why they weren't shooting it. It's because they hadn't been making it all game. You get scared <laughs> to take the shot late in the game because you don't want to be that guy no, that yet. potentially gets yanked or clanks it off the back iron. Yeah. And you look like the guy that shot 10 seconds into the shot clock and missed a three, right? Like, I get it. I get it. But you have to, you can't give up possessions. Ultimately, that's what's going to hurt you the most. It's the same thing as football. You can't turn over the ball. No. Can't, can't give the ball to the other team and give them more opportunities. You can't go to the, you can't have an offensive set and not get at least get a shot up at the bucket that's bad and that, they, that's my thing i was like you are giving up possessions if you're getting a shot clock violation right, right. but um yeah so that's it's it's really especially after a win because you know that i guess we talked about football so really such thing as an ugly win no you win you win but at the same time i think with the progression there's still a lot to work on i just to- the roster construction is ha- from the t- from the jump. I've always had a small issue with the roster construction, and we have a couple guys who were number ones on Power Five or like you know D one teams. Like say what you will, like Mitchell was a top guy, Timmy Allen was a top guy at Utah, Mitchell top guy at UMass, DeSue at Vandy, Carr obviously at Minnesota, and I think the issue you know I had at the jump was the size issue, especially with DeSue out. We ran into that problem against Gonzaga when Timmy pretty much put an NBA stat line on us. Now I'm looking at it, and the problems that we're kind of discussing, okay, they have shot clock issues. Uh, they're not shooting the three very well. I feel like this team just doesn't have a true facilitator. And I don't need a guy coming in that's like just like a mastermind pass or like a wizard, but a guy. I feel like we just have a bunch of twos and threes and fours. And I really wish we would have had like a. Jer- I mean, look, Jericho Sims would have been like an unbelievable stay if he could have stayed. He couldn't. He's a senior. But I really wish we had that guy who was. And I want it to be AJ, and I want it to be Carr, but they just. I don't know. They kind of just don't do an unbelievable job creating for others, or which kind of is my issue with the team that we just don't have a true point guard. Like Carr. Great job getting to the line, but he makes a lot of bad turnovers. I feel at times like a lot of like boneheaded, like bro, where, why like, Chuck's out of bounds? Chuck's behind yeah. court. I, I've seen his hands go like this uh, multiple times. Not even like not even like turnovers where like someone's just stealing from him or like he's you're, like double dribble. Like it's literally just throwing it like just to the side where no one is, and those are just careless. Yeah, toss. You just do you do you disagree that we? I feel like you're disagreeing that. No, no, I no, I, like, um, no, I, I combo I, guards. I agree. I completely agree, especially on the kind of three, four point. I was just looking at it. My eye throughout the season has looked not um, not at the guard position, but at the big position. Right. Mitchell, to me, completely underwhelms as a rebounder for as big as he is. He's averaging four rebounds a game. And I, I know like he's a he's kind of a big that can stretch the floor, right? He shoots the three ball really, really well. He's yeah. high 30 percentage, which you love to see. But when you're that size and we don't have anyone else who can bang down low, it becomes very apparent to me that he doesn't want to go grab a bunch of rebounds and stay around the rim and, and be on the weak side on offense. So, so it, someone's there for a, a quick little drop-off pass, right? How many times do we see Kai Jones catch on the baseline, driving to the basket and rim run and dunk? Like, I miss Kai Jones so much. I kind of we we miss favorite. a little bit of that. We yeah. miss that, that ability to play above the rim and, and challenge at the rim on defense too. It's, it's just not really there with this team, which, you know, you, you kind of you, you play the cards that you're dealt. Right. But I would like to see some sets where Mitchell tries to assert himself more down low um, and, and really just attack the rim and, and maybe get him some more post touches. And I don't know. That's that's what I notice is our rebounds. Like we do have a lot of guys that are like six, five to six, seven, who 
Timmy Allen is our best rebounder, but that shouldn't be the case. He's a really sound player, though. I like Allen. Yeah, he really. I like Allen a lot. He's he's great. He to me, he's the most consistent part of our roster. Hundred percent. Well, he's physical too, and and even I I will say going to the what you do see the reason you have those lows and you stay in the game and you don't get blown out. Their defense, they're working their butts off. You know the the that about the beard teams. They oh, are working their butts off, their movement, their, you know, even Ramey, you know, Ramey had somewhat of a reputation of not playing as much defense. Well, he's not doing that here. And, he, and, and they'll, they'll go after him a little bit. I could see teams, you know, rotating it to him and, and going one-on-one, but kudos to him. You know, he got a couple of steals and he's certainly trying to compete. So defensively, man, they're working their butts off. We just need a uh, kind of that complete game, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you're right, Quan, because we gave up 51 points against the Big 12 team. And, like, what is the Big 12 known? I mean, we all score. So, I mean, this is a beard team. We're talking about getting yanked and, you know, make offensive mistakes. If you don't play good defense, he's going to pull you, and rightfully so, because his Texas Tech teams are built in the backbone of defense. And I love the Mitchell point. I mean, honestly, it reminded me, like, at our, we used to play basketball at our Jewish fraternity. One of my buddies was, like, 6'2 and a half, 6'3, and it's like he's living, you know, behind the arc. It's like, bro. We're, we're, you know, we're at the Jewish fraternity. You're the only six, three mother effer out here. Go get down <laughs> low, get down low and get the boards. Uh, can't wait to tell him I gave him a shout in our pod and send him the episode and timestamp. And that's what it is. Um, but it's a good win. We needed that win at home after disappointing K-State win. Um, and, you know, obviously we spoke about it last time we were on the show. We just have a crazy stretch of games coming up. Um, the Big 12 is just a gauntlet, you know, and the, our next game we have, uh, I believe, is – let me double check. TCU. Yeah, that's it, TCU. And you know what? That's like we were discussing last time. That's a game that we got to win because we, te- we have Tennessee. We have to, man. We, we really have to win that one because ultimately you have Baylor – in which they're not even was it tech right now leading the big 12 yeah oh I mean, uh, yeah i think it's tech it's uh, tech, kansas, kansas. And baylor on the top three yeah um, kansas and then it kind of everyone at kansas and then tech then baylor probably kansas baylor and tech but anyways you want to be that fourth team you got to beat tcu and they're and they're scrappy too they're playing hard and right but now that's they're the fourth be, team too tcu's fourth tcu's fourth right now yeah. so i mean so playing you, good when you beat them you jump in that spot that's going to be super important when you're playing these other schools that, that are just so freaking good. Kansas yeah, you is always going to be Kansas. You get TCU. We get them. We get them later in February. And then we get Oklahoma one more time mid February and West Virginia at the end of February. Those those games have to be wins. Yeah. Because just like you're saying, those other teams are very very good, and you want to go in thinking that you're going to beat Baylor twice. But with with how good of a team they are, with how good of a team, any you know. Kansas is like you just never know so if you split with them you, you feel you feel good about that right you like, feel real good if you split with every single one of them yeah, yeah. so if make you beat the non-ranked teams that's that's my point if we split Kansas we have a chance to do something special because that team is good yeah. that's the that is a national championship I like the Baylor team obviously they were I thought they were they're clearly better last year. Like the loss of Mitchell and Butler, you, you, there's no way you can't feel that. I mean, they're obviously exceptional this year. This tech team is sneaky, but uh, you watch this Kansas team, and this is a team top to bottom with experienced players. Obviously, Bill Self has, you know, been there more times, can do with three shots of tequila, you know, hands tied behind his back and blindfolded. Um, but this, that is a team that can really win the national title. So you split with them, that I, you know, we're getting the Josh Fisher drink of the Kool Aid hard. Hard Kool-Aid, hard Kool-Aid sipping for me. Um, 
Speaking of sipping Kool-Aid, Nick's for Nick, you sometimes change your mind like a girl changes clothes on players, dude. You were the biggest <laughs> Harold Perkins supporter. And then before you got a Hunquan, Nick wasn't sure that he wanted Harold Perkins, who decommitted from AM uh and is now available. Uh he's looking at Florida, looking at Miami. He's looking basically at every school across the board. We spoke about the Gary Patterson hire uh last week when you were in Florida, Quan. Would love to hear your thoughts on maybe potentially getting Perkins, but more importantly, what Gary Patterson brings to the table and how you feel about that. Dude, if I'm being real honest about this Patterson thing, when I saw him at Burn Orange, it felt really strange. Like to see the horn when him and CDC are at the game, like that photo op wasn't staged, by the way. But it was weird. And I'm going to be, I think it's still a little bit weird. However, I'm sure y'all talked about it. As long as PK doesn't feel like he's peeking over his shoulder, it can't be bad. And at the end of the day, even if you do, because pressure, you know, bust pipes, you, you, if it makes you better, I mean, surely he has years and years of success at, at TCU and certainly more Big 12 experience and mm-hmm. damn sure is one of the best developers of, of whomever is, is on that side of the ball. So the role I'm hearing and um, him kind of oversight, watching film, giving feedback, Man, I love that. You know, some of the best leaders I have had that person. You almost can call him a deputy to a certain degree um, from a football standpoint. And we've talked about a bazillion times. Who has more people like that than anybody in college ball is Nick Saban. And he has a, he has a championship or 30. And so um, let's, let's certainly uh, if that's if that's the model they're trying to emulate, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up for it. I, I want to see what's up. Um, it does feel weird. I'm not, I'm not even going to I was going to lie. Every time I see him in it, it feels weird because he was really easy to dislike when he was at TCU. But yeah, I'm, I'm fired up about it. If, it, if it's going to help us I, at this point, try every damn thing on the planet because that defense has to get better. And um, and hopefully he can help him get there. Yeah, I, I feel like his hands are probably cramping every time he throws up the horns. Dude, serious. Oh, it still feels weird even thinking bizarre. about that. Super bizarre. It's he like- recruited against us so hard and talked about the big school and all that. But again, if he's all in and he gets that defense to, to be relevant or, or more, because I still believe we all believe and Sark's ability to call plays and, and have a productive offense, especially with the pieces that we've added. Um, we, we just got old boy from uh, Minnesota, uh, no, Wyoming, mm-hmm. Wyoming. And, and so uh, super pumped about that one. Dude, Isaiah, he, he Isaiah looks, Nair. Nair, yeah, he looks really good. So I, I just feel like the Big 12 defense is a play against him. And, and from our standpoint, we're putting up mid 40s to 50 points a game. So he's like, are the defense really that good or not? And, you know, all that. But if you can get that stop, even in the national championship, we, there's no Vince, there's no stop if, if you don't get that fourth and two. So you need that defense to, to, to get a stop when needed to get the offense back on and to win you a few games. Yeah, I think I think the recruiting aspect of what Gary brings to the table is something that's, you know, another, you know, overshadowed thing. I mean, we've got Sarkeesian and we got Patterson, basically two head coaches coming in here who are great recruiters. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that, you know, we're, back in play for Harold Perkins, like Josh just mentioned at the top of that question, uh, to give you a little context, uh, Harold Perkins had like a little interview on Twitter, um, at the Hawaiian bowl or something, Polynesian bowl. 
Um, and basically they're asking him like, how do you feel about the AM fans, you know, giving you dirt for decommitting? He's like, yeah, I don't really care about that. Like, I don't, I don't give a, I don't give a damn what they think about me. Um, and then he basically asked them about all the visits he's taking, like at Florida and Miami, um, LSU. And basically like a lot of his responses were just kind of centered around like, yeah, you know, LSU is really not trying for me that hard, that not as they should. Uh, yeah, Florida's got all these packages created for me. Uh, you know, they thought I could be a wildcat. Uh, they want to roll me down a dime. Like, it's just all about him. And I get it, you know, when you're a five-star recruit, a top five recruit in the nation, but I want guys that want to buy into programs because they want to make the programs better, right? Not make themselves better. And of course that comes with it. I mean, any player that goes to a program, like, of course they want to become a pro after that, but it starts with making the team around you better. So I don't really know based off that one interview, if we can, you know, say who he is or who he isn't, but uh, I still want him on my team. I mean, I, th I think he's, he's a generational, you know, type talent. I mean, the kid's a beast on the field, but you know, what Patterson can bring to the field, you know, recruiting these defensive players is what I'm trying to get at um, is something that, you know, we should always consider as, as a huge strength for him. Mm -hmm. I think culturally um, the word on the street is some of the kind of I guys is the ones that have been in the portal. Um, sorry, yeah, of course, or something more synergistic football is the ultimate team sport. So we, I don't, I don't, we don't know if, if, if he can't conform to that and, and certainly would have to, take that perspective Gary Patterson dang sure can help from that standpoint he had some great ones we saw last night Hughes is still in the league it's oh, yeah. nuts. he's still doing it so well so um and the list goes on from a from a Patterson standpoint so um culturally he's gonna have to pick what fits for him um Big 12 is a little bit again they're all that now they're all spread offense spread defense I mean, you have to prepare for it but um I I get the, hes the, the hesitation, uh, but at the same time, we will also be cheering if he chooses Texas on, on every way, form or fashion. Of and course. I'll go over there and like, hey, bro, forget I, go team, let's go. But uh, yeah, no, man, I feel you on that because yeah. I think a lot of the guys out the door were more about themselves and not the, the culture it, and, and the Longhorns and the team. It's hard to have that perspective too, as an yeah. eight, eighteen-year-old, knowing that really what actually is best for you as an I mm. is to buy into the we first, and then you get put in the right position by guys whose professional job it is to coach you, right? And then you end up going to the league for at sure. the position that you're supposed to be there at, right? So I mean, you just you gotta you gotta want to buy into that, and it's easy for us to say now we're not eighteen anymore, but yeah, it, it we were different back then. It's, all of it, us were. Maybe we were more like that, but we're different. And keep in mind, it's a kid who is literally probably the best athlete to ever come through his school, or he's the best athlete, best athlete at his school right now. He's the man, right? He's on top of the world. So he is the team right now for where he's at. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you said, Quan, about the transfer portal. There's a lot of I guys, and it's true. I mean, I mean, you look at yours, like he wants to leave. Ohio State because he wants to play more. And I understand that, right? Mm -hmm. I, but like, you know, you look at Isaiah Naylor, we just talked about, you know, leaving Wyoming, a smaller school, goes to a big Texas school where he's going to make an impact immediately. So there are some, you know, good things that can come out of some of the I guys, you know, they want to advance their careers. But yeah, totally. I mean, you can't blame him. Like, look, he wants to go pro, I'm sure. He's averaging 20 yards of reception. He sees what Xavier Worthy's doing over there as a freshman going across from him. Like, he, I mean, Naylor's not the number one guy. Like, Worthy's our number one option. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. If, 
God willing, Whittington could stay healthy. He's probably our number two. So Nayer is just like our number three. And those three with them healthy. Oh, I mean, so Whittington's nice. like their third down guy. Like Nayer, he's going to be in one-on-one the whole time. Again, he's a, he's big. 12 yeah. touchdowns in the red zone. Like, yeah, we get in the red area. That guy is a target. He can get up. Yeah, he's a menace. We, we're missing a good point, though, about this recruit, though. Yeah. I don't even put him in the full decommit. Dude, he was he chose not to go to college station. Let's be real here. It that portion of it makes me okay. This guy does have some sense because he chose not to go. To now that's my bias on every level, but um, I actually think you know it, to a certain degree they have a phenomenal class that you can't change that. Some say number one in the nation, but um, interesting enough, I mean. From what I hear, and this is again rumors, but is he pulling an Eric Dickerson or what's going on over here? Is he, is, is he, so um, kudos to him on at the end of the day. Aggies, you can make them mad easily, but reopening this thing and hopefully he fixes the school that best fits and, and he conforms to that culture and makes it different because he he has all the ability and and I, and I, I want everybody to win, whether yeah. it's whether it's or not. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, like he commits to us, like shirts off, crack cold one, like I'm here for it. But uh, you, I do just get a little wishy washy on guys who are wishy washy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, and I understand him. Yeah, like, speaking look, of uh, USC, in Brumacore in a transfer yeah, portal again. I was just about to say that. That's yeah. a, that's a whole other conversation. You know, he coming back? Like we run it back? We're nah, no, nah, we good. We we good. Exactly. Yeah, we're good. Like I mean, like look, you, well, you know, sorry to cut you off really quickly, yeah. Josh, but like. Uh, just to that point, really quickly, look at a guy like Tate Martell, who trans, who who decommitted from uh, Texas A&M to go to Ohio State, left Ohio State, went to Miami, then went to UNLV, and is now done with football. He's going to Tech, like cool. He, I think he is an extreme. Um, I, I, I think I, I truly do, but that is the world we're in now, man. I think there's over six hundred players in the portal this offseason. That is, that is bizarre world, um, but at the same time, if you can do your due diligence, vet very well, and get you know a generational guy, then then I think like a Quinn, like some some of the other ones that I feel can make the best out of it. One 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 transfer with some changes and 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 stuff like that. We're gonna give you a pass, but Martel's a whole another monster brew, whole another yeah. deal. So yeah, hopefully he's just one of those guys. Show to the Buffalo chicken and call it a day. Like we can't keep changing <laughs> our mind every time the waiter comes over. Um, pivoting a little quick, we obviously do Texas in the show, but we all love football in general. Quan, you played for the Bengals, uh, a team that literally, aren't we? Been, the last time they won a playoff game was before we were born, like the three of us. Um, well, I didn't win one. I went to the playoffs, but we did not win. Yeah, no, we by the Jets. The uh, oof, that's t- that's tough. <laughs> hey, that's back when they were good. They, they actually made it to the AFC Championship, I think, three years in a row at one point. That was yeah. the team. not my the current state, of, not the Jets. Y'all know, you <laughs> I got all the love in the world for you, but you lost to Mark Sanchez. Mark Scott, you know, <laughs> butt fumble Sanchez. <laughs> I was there for that one. I was literally in the stands for the butt fumble. It was crazy. The um. What do you think of the Bengals, man, and like their culture shifts? Because when you were there, they again, you all, you all couldn't close. I'm thinking about going to the game Sunday. I think it was, dude, you go back to the back, the game they had in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. it was phenomenal. It was insane. 
field goal crazy, fourth down, all the gibberish. Um, Burrow is the real deal. We've always oh, yeah. seen that. When I saw him in, in Austin, I was like, ooh, it's just something about that guy. And people are starting to see kind of his swag. Great team. Team guy. Chase. And can, you, know, and can Chase. you imagine if they kept him clean in the pocket? He got sacked nine times. And nine still freaking. Well, that's more the Bengals I know. But that's he makes <laughs> up. He makes up for it, which is crazy. And, and they're so explosive. It's why, you know, coaches harp on explosive plays so much. If he can get. You know, the defense is, is holding their own and he can get Chase, you know, and, and Higgins three or four touchdowns. They got a shot even after nine sacks. So, dude, just so fun to watch those cats. But just was this not the most epic freaking weekend of NFL playoff games in a very and I don't do that. I don't like comparisons. I, I think all time, honestly. But this was insane. Every game ended in a game winner, a last second game winner. I mean, Three field gotta, goals and one walk-off touchdown. And the, and the cherry on top of just game of all games, like a game that if people start making their list, they need to include. They, they have to include it. Are you the kidding Buff, me? The Buffalo-Kansas City game was unreal. I'm seeing memes everywhere that are like, this was the team that lost. This was what lost Buffalo the game, and it's a, it's a quarter. It's literally the, the coin flip. It's right? a co- and again, and of course, we know it's more than that. And that argument's going to be forever. But I'm going to tell you how crazy that game was. I was sitting there watching it. And I haven't really had that football blood pump in a long time. And watching that game to overtime, I told my wife, I said, hey, come, come check, check. Not in a negative way, because I was so fired up. I said, can you check my blood pressure? And she's like, like. And I'm not even going to tell you what it was. She's like, it's crazy. Are, are you, that, that's not okay. And she's in the medical world. She's like, I was like, this is, this is what it is on the football field. I was like, <laughs> this is why I we play the game. Like I am about to go play this. Game. Yeah. She's like, it's really that high. That's not healthy. <laughs> so it was, I was so freaking fired up. I had to go on the patio, take a little swig of burb. I needed to relax. That game was so damn fun and it's live. Cr- it More points a- in the last two minutes than the than the 49ers and Packers did through four quarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that, crazy. Uh, that Overrated. weekend for me was was one of the most stressful weekends oh, of my man. life, honestly. Like seriously, I I'm better lined at AG. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell what no, happened. I, I, I went to Vegas actually uh, to see my mom because she had tickets to go see Adele this weekend. Adele ended up canceling, and uh, so, yeah, no tragedy. Uh, she canceled her entire tour or po- postponed it, and so like a lot I of people are, are out too. of money. She's gonna get money back though. So tell your mom to get her bread. Oh, yeah, she will. But everyone else who booked plane tickets and uh, you know, hotels, oh no, she's gonna give all that back too. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're setting up some separate foundation. Hear that, mom? You hear I that? I just saw that this morning, actually, <laughs> nice. which is so funny and random. Nice, nice. But I just saw that this morning. Suppose you're going to set up a separate one and, and refund all that. So right, we'll that's see. awesome. But regardless, went to Vegas, put down a four-team parlay. I had I had the Bengals, I had uh, the Rams, I had the Bills, unfortunately, who lost, and I had uh, the Packers. And I, that was just the most stressful weekend of my life because I was just like, oh my gosh, like every game is just like non-stop bananas like and it could go either way um and i also had the bills to win the super bowl at the beginning of the season as well so uh if you want to enjoy stress like that with me go to betonline.ag and uh also <laughs> also get stressed out yeah i i've been team chief i mean look the bills had them in the we the coin yes the decision to kick it to a touchback is 
highly questionable. Oh, but you're like sitting like 13 seconds. Everybody on the planet was saying squib the damn thing. It's mind boggling. Yeah, I said it to I said it to my roommates and I was like, yeah, squib this squib this thing. And um, you got 13 seconds. And I know Mahomes is unbelievable. But if you're the number one defense or top tier defense, you have the number. First of all, they have the number one defensive backfield. They have the number one, number one safety duo in Hyde. Um, and uh, why am I blanking on the name? Um, and then you can't get a stop. Like you, you, Kelsey, how do you let Kelsey just kind of I'll see up, up, the, the, seam up the seam for 25? Yeah, well, they're playing. They're playing they're yeah, playing I'm going to say defense. so schematically, that's kudos to Behanemi and and what's my man, Andy Reeves, because they 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 have the number one when they're in base and exotic and regular defense. At that time, you're playing this weird pre- prevent, blah, 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 blah. I have seen a lot. Of, I always is, I nerd out on football, especially on yeah. plays and schemes. I've never seen the two kind of pick cool routes. That screen they ran to Tyreek, and let's be real, that guy cuts up the field in two seconds. He's, he, I mean, he's so dangerous. And then the other one, design play, kind of running out, it was so damn well done. So, yes, number one defense, but you knew you weren't playing your regular defense. So, mm-hmm. kudos to Casey. It's still crazy. They got it done. And they had three timeouts. Yeah. So, that was the other thing that I think Buffalo didn't factor in, that they were going to get 60 yards in two plays. But it, it was – again, it was why I was so pumped because it was – I was nerded out. I was like, the, the, these are two of the best freaking teams – it sucks that one of them have to lose, but we are so damn fortunate to see what we saw. Oh, we knew it'd was, be the best game. It was just so well done. It was yeah. some of the best football I think I've seen on the NFL level in a very long time. I mean, they make fourth and 17 and they don't kick. And I'm like, oh my gosh, McDermott. Like, I, I get what you're doing. I don't know if it's going to pay off. This is so risky. I know you still have your three timeouts. So, okay, if the Chiefs get the ball back, you rely on your defense to stop them. You can get the ball back again but it's just so many probabilities that you're throwing out there. And then he throws it to Gabriel Davis for his fourth touchdown. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Gabriel, this is Gabriel like, Davis man. put that guy on skates. Oh dude, that poor guy as as the young kids say, uh, he got bodied. I yeah. think. And uh, it, it was, it, it was just so freaking well done. I mean, on every level, the, the, the dramatics lived up to it, the route running, the, the record breaking and to lose, it just it was just crazy. How about this one though? This yeah. is what is a little bit surprised. I think I heard this morning. Mahomes actually had more rushing yards than Josh Allen. 69 to 60, I think it was. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, there's no way. Because Josh Allen is such a bruiser and a punisher, and they use him in the running game. But um, just I know Mahomes had that super long one, but, but dude, it, it's I still get pumped like it was last night. They just all those games had me freaking fired up. The, yeah. the almost Brady comeback and then yeah. come, I mean, and that's then the trip, ridiculous. triple that crown guy, winner yeah. Cooper Cup just having like what are you not going to cover that guy? You're not going to cover the guy that won the triple crown. Dude, you're going to you're going to slot blitz off the guy that won the triple crown. What are you doing? Dude, thinking of good safety play, Tampa Bay. What the hell were they doing? Cup just got. I mean, double. It was just again on so many levels. It was just wild. It was crazy. It was awesome. And kudos to Stafford who didn't miss those reads. You know, some of the question was. Uh, that guy opened, he could have checked down. He could have got happy feet or whatever, but he stood in there and, and, and he made some plays and 
St. Louis for a second there, I was like, row, row, these cats are on the next level. But when you're playing the goat, good luck. He's going to, he's going mean, like, to make a run for it. First of all, Cam makers, two hands in the football. Yeah. Second of all, oh, two the, fumbles. Yeah. Two, two terrible, crucial fumbles. I mean, the Brady thing is like a movie every time. Like it's like the most ridiculous <laughs> really situations is. like ever. Like the guy is like, it's never like normal. It's never like he either goes in and kicks the shit out of them or he comes in and it's like, like Malcolm Butler, the 28th. It looked, he did it to 28 to three. And I was watching the game. My old man, I was like, 27 to three like yeah, this is this is nothing for the guy he did 28 to three this is this is a walk in the park i mean and he literally came back and it was like it, you give him an inch he takes a mile you leave the door crack open he comes in robs you blind and takes your wife it's like every time the guy the theatrics is, is the blood on the lip it's like, just it like just, the guy is like a, a cinema God. star can't make this crap up dude it's, he's a hollywood movie star i mean they, i'm happy for stafford though i'm happy for like I, I love i mean obviously i love tom brady with all my heart but i as like a football fan i always like a little change up the honey badger getting hurt was huge in the KC game you see that how gabriel davis kind of dominated over the top uh andy reed honestly game managed pretty well having those timeouts i mean that game is just uh, and the craziest part of my, my favorite part of the whole KC bill game go back and watch tyreek hill score that last touchdown he scores when he just runs but yeah the deuces to a guy who was ahead of him the guy is like ahead, four of him, ahead of him, four yards ahead of him, and he throws the deuces at him when he's ahead of him. It's like, bro, what? I mean, it's the coldest, at, it's go, the coldest thing. Go it's look crazy. at the guy he gave the deuces to, though. Yeah. There's, a, there's a reason why he did it. He was like a know. linebacker, man. There's some there's some linebackers that run four fours, four you know, fives. Yeah, but you know what the craziest part of that play was outside of the deuces was that he got held for like seven yards. The guy, the defensive back that was on him held him for a good seven yards, and then he finally broke free well, with his speed. And it would look like they were in two-man. That, that guy's job is to hold him and not right. let him go inside. But he, he goes outside. And he broke an in-route with the inside leverage. It was just – it was nuts. And, and Pat's trusting him, just boom, hit him, and then he, he runs like the flash pass. It was just again, dude. It, yeah. It's so Poyer much was the other safety. Poyer, Poyer, yeah. Poyer, and then – And Money Mac. Shooter McPherson, the, the rookie kicker. He's great. Had an epic game. Oh, all the kickers. What a, what a weekend for kickers. As my man Pat McAfee would say, for the brand, it was a heck of a weekend for the brand. This not, not the uh, Packers kickers, though, because they got a pump blocked and a field goal blocked. <laughs> yeah, Mason Good had point. a tough, he had a tough year. Special teams matter. Yeah, just they really do. You Quatin. saw even Tyreek get back there on a punt return and return it. And, and then really they only they only got three. That was one of the biggest mistakes of the game by the KC offense. Uh, Quan, I texted these guys earlier today, and I'd love to know your. This is kind of a fun, fun question. But do you think that with how many people watch these NFL playoff games, you can still recruit with your play once you get to the NFL? As far as recruiting for college, like, am, am I a kid that's growing up in Baton Rouge right now? And I, I mean, I'm on the fence. I'm Harold Perkins, hypothetically. And I go see what Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are doing and with the way that they play the game, how much swag they have and what they represented for LSU. Like, does that make an impact on your decision making as a high schooler? Because I know for me, those are the guys that I looked up to, right? The guys in the NFL, the guys that were doing it in the bigs. What do you think about that? I think it does, because even as crazy as, it, you know, those guys are actually easily outplaying OBJ. I mean, he still has the catch and he's an LSU guy as well. So 
what collectively their guys, and we talk about it all the time from a DBU standpoint, it's just a matter of getting back to it and living up to it. I saw, uh, what's my man, uh, Chris Boyd uh, on one of the games. He's like uh, university of Texas DBU. So yeah, I, I think, I think it matters. I think that those little things like that certainly do. And, and I'm going to tell you, because I'm going to tell you where it, where, it, when it really starts to creep up. Um, and some schools do this well, some don't. When you have that big game and it's a recruiting day and you're all there and chase and the, all these guys are on the sideline repping their LSU gear, you want to be down there with them. You're like, hey, I need to come to this school. I, I, I want to be them one day. And so that's where a lot of schools have to get that. You have to have that, that, that caliber talent yeah. plan. But I, I think that's where it factors in for sure. I think, yeah. yeah, I do like legacy guys, right? Like when yeah. Jamal Charles was tearing up the league. If I was a running back in high school, a guy like Jonathan Gray, I'm like, I want to be Jamal Charles when I get to the NFL, you know? Oh, for sure. No, and, heck and yeah. no one, no, one, he didn't get to that point, but I can see how that would be the mindset, right? Because legacy is always something that you're, you're thinking about. You know, what's crazy. And to, to speak about that, I know we hadn't reached our goals and our potential in a while but we still have a pretty damn decent amount of guys in the league. And so yeah. little things like that. Um, and, and fortunately for them, especially with the Sark era starting, they all like Sark and, and Sark did a phenomenal job of, Hey, please bring every letterman we can back in the league, out of the league, all of the above. So those things will start factoring in and, and that's when they do. And, and Michael Huff is still on campus and they have a junior junior day or something. And they want us to come help a lot of guys, even old school like us that are, long removed go and, and and you know do what we can do to kind of show it up so it does factor in and and if the schools some are a little more strategic than others um on on how you do that um but heck yeah man when you see those cats and they're still repping the horns and what i say all the time too is we all live back in austin so it makes it a little bit easier some of these schools can't do it because who the hell is moving back to tuscaloosa yeah. And so um, that's that's where it factors in just a little bit. <laughs> I, I, thought gonna, <laughs> I thought you were going to I thought you were going to poo poo on College Station one more time. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's I too easy. It's too dude. easy. Don't even get me started. And, and by the way, that's a great point. Who the hell is moving back to College Station? No one. True, true. There's a uh, moving Austin. There's uh, three teams left in the playoffs that have Longhorns on them. Um, you got the Bengals, Trey Hopkins, Joseph Osai, who's on injured reserve. Um, you got Alex Okafor on the Chiefs, and you got Amenahue on the Niners, along with head coach Kyle Shanahan. Yes, sir. Dang. So Support your Longhorns. So we're not rooting for the Rams. That's we're pretty much rooting for everything but the Rams <laughs> this, this weekend. Uh, oh no, quick, they got the Aggie. They have Bond Miller, although he's a good dude. But no, nah, yeah, he's sick. Oh, I mean, quick rooting for the Horns. Quick shout out to you. Bring up Jamal Charles, who I have I cannot say is in, I think in on our, our lifetime. Maybe the most underrated NFL running back of all, I, I've ever seen. That guy was one. He's probably one of the fastest running backs I've ever seen in my life. He was so nasty in Kansas City. I think he owns the the average yards per run record. Still, he, okay. I was. That's what I was typing up. I, I think it's five to six yards, or right at like five point six, five point seven, something like that. So, JC was so fun to play with, so fun to watch. So, right. Here and when he's with the Chiefs, he was a beast. He ran for fifteen hundred yards in two thousand ten. At six point four yards per carry. Damn, that's what? nuts. Like, how is that possible? Yeah, well, when you have, when you have three like eighty-five yard touchdown runs, like that makes a big impact. Because once that guy that gets is... to the second level, I mean, there's there's guys like that 
You talk about Tyreek Kill. You talk about Jamar Chase. If that first guy misses either of those two dudes or Jamal when he was back in the day, they're gone. They're, it's it doesn't matter who's in the secondary. It really doesn't. Like they're just that fast. That's crazy, bro. That team did him and Thomas Jones. That was a nasty duo. TJ. Yeah, nasty duo. All right. Horns fans, thanks for joining us. Quan, great to have you back after a week off. Toss, Nick, always a pleasure. We're the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Let's get that win against TCU. Get your horns up. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.